Hello and welcome to another Walker Division podcast. Walker Division women of a certain age, not fast, not stylish, but out there. And we are actually out, 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 out. We are sitting on the Pennine Way uh, as it comes over Stanage. That's Stand Edge, not Stanage, the awesome climbing place. Uh, just as it comes off the Pennine Bridleway, this is one of the two one of the very few areas where the, the two actually run along each other. Along each other? I'm not even making sense yet, Jules. No, you, I think we maybe need a bit more coffee before we carry on with this. Or, um, or maybe we can just wax, wax lyrical about all the exciting stuff that's in this area. Well, this is one of my favourite areas from when we were researching the book. Which book was that? That was the Pennine Bridleway, available now from Vertimate Publishing. If you buy it from the website, it's 20% off. If you sign up for the newsletter, it's an extra 5% off too. So go and have a look at v-publishing.co.uk. Also available from other retailers who don't pay enough tax and some good bookshops who do probably pay tax. Not at all controversial there, no, but anyway. Not at all, no, not let's kind of a ranty old lefty or anything. Like let's move sorry. on to the really interesting stuff, because we are, we are actually outside. It's a glorious day, and we are basically sat on the Pennine Way, overlooking the Pennine Bridleway, and we're, what, we're looking at the track coming up over the top there, which is, you called it the, uh, the boat road. I did. Grammatically, we are sitting on the Pennine Way. Ah. That's for my mother. But yes, uh, so the Pennine Bridleway comes up from Diggle. Now, Diggle's quite interesting because it's where all the tunnels disappear into the hillside to try and get under the Pennines rather than over the Pennines. But everybody's had a go at crossing the Pennines here. So they start with the Romans. That's uh, Marguerite number 712, if you're into your Roman road numbers. Go and look it up on the Roman Roads Association website because that's an awesome source of information and it cuts through the gripstone edge at a place which is really fascinating if you like that sort of thing but Jules was deeply underwhelmed well I've got to say I mean I mean I do like a lot of Roman things and and when you said we were going to see a Roman road I was really excited you could see it in a, if you squinted slightly squinted slightly there's a bloody great cutting through the gritstone woman yeah but it was manufactured engineered by but, the Romans yeah, is but, that not slightly impressive but there were no cobbles there were no Roman cocks or anything which no, you know that's true you do like a Roman cock <laughs> And sadly, there's no Roman cocks down at the fort, which is, is close to here. Castleshaw Roman fort's not far from where we are, where we are sitting right now. Uh, and that's lovely. That was built to guard this important Trans-Pennine route. Uh, very nice. There's a, a fort and then a fortlet. A fortlet being smaller than a fort. So this is quite a busy thoroughfare, really, over the centuries. Oh, stunningly. There's three turnpikes. There's the Roman road, first of all. There are various trade routes, and then there's three turnpikes over the hill. For those of you who don't know what a turnpike is, it's a toll road. So uh, it had got to the stage about the 17th, 18th centuries where parish councils who were supposed to be fixing their local roads and maintaining them couldn't actually cope with that and, and some were a bit meh about it, others just couldn't afford it. Uh, so they, they built turnpikes and there are lots and lots and lots of acts of parliament and uh, companies set up to build turnpikes which are essentially to facilitate goods traffic shifting stuff from here, there and everywhere, and you paid. And you'll be familiar with toll houses lurking around the country. They're quite often sort of little hexagonal jobs sitting on the side of the road. You go, oh, toll house! Clear sign it was a turnpike at, at some point. And the turnpike name comes from the fact that you literally turned the pike to get onto the road. There was a physical barrier that could be. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah I didn't know that. And there's loads of information about how much it costs to get here, there and everywhere. And here at Stanage there are the remains of three. 
that's pretty good. I mean, it has laid the bones for what we now see as a national um, walkway, which is the Pennine Way, and also the National Bridal Way, which is the Pennine Bridal Way, as we know. Uh, we do. Yep. We know that. <laughs> we do know that because you've written a book on it, which we mentioned earlier. It's available in all good bookshops and also from vertebrate. <laughs> We digress. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, so you've got th the lines of three turnpikes. And what's interesting about these as well is the way they, they vary so much. Because the, the first one kind of follows the, the Roman road a bit um, with a variant. The second one is not quite so, so severe a gradient. And then the third one's a lot more engineered. It's almost as though those people sitting in offices go, Oh, I say, we, we, we need to transport stuff over there. Go and build the turnpike. Here, on the map. Yes, we'll get the Act of Parliament and sort it out and whatnot. It's almost as though they didn't know the land and therefore how grim it would be transporting stuff over here, how, how hard on your horses. So yeah, you get three variants on, on a scene. And the last one is what's modern, I think it's the A640 that runs through it. Is that right? Is it not? Is it A62? No, me. 62. I have no idea. No, I can't remember. <laughs> There's a major A road <laughs> that crosses the Pennines at Standish. That's the one and that follows the line of the... Um, third turnpike there you go Pennine Bridleway follows the second and the first little bit and if you heard that toot of a train in, in, the, in the background there we'll come to trains in a moment <laughs> I want to go back to Boat Road though because that's actually oh, quite fascinating because oh. we started with that one I mean because yeah. you're in the middle of the you're in the middle of the Pennines why is it called Boat Road because there are horses coming up there having pulled their boats along the Huddersfield Narrow Canal the Huddersfield Narrow Canal goes through the hill in a three and a half mile tunnel. Mm. I think it's the longest tunnel on the canal network in this country. It's uh, an incredible thing. I have been through it because um, I'm that kind of geek. <laughs> I was on a, on a boat at the time as well, which is handy. I hope so. <laughs> you didn't swim it. <laughs> so the boat's got to be legged through. These days they're uh, dragged through by electric tugs. So the horses had to come over the top and so they, they came up on a path known as the boat road or the boat path up from Diggle up onto the top and then followed the line of the turnpike down to the other side where they pick up the boats back at Marsden. Mm. So three and a half miles of incredibly engineered stuff. They were, I mean, don't forget that this is literally just blasting stuff out of the hillside. Mm. There is a massive hole, like, like a little cavern thing in the middle of the tunnel where they got it wrong from both sides. The tunnels didn't quite join up. So there's kind of a big hole to make the two two lines join up. What a turning circle then. <laughs> no, I don't think it's quite that big. Um, and then there are also railway tunnels underneath. Oh, the you canal. do like a good I railway. I do like a good railway tunnel. This is London Northwestern line and they build, except it, well, yeah, it would have been LNWR then, they build a tunnel uh, and use the canal to take the spoils, spoils out of the, the manufacture of the tunnel. So you get two tunnels and they're joined sideways by adits. So you can use one to, to get the other out. They soon discover that they need to take far more traffic through the hillside than that. So they build another tunnel. Then they decide, actually, no, we need even more. Um, and you'll have come along, if you're doing the Pennine Bridleway, you'll have come along the second railway, uh, which is now disused. There are a railway on the in the valley there's a railway either side of the valley because they're kind of stuck for flat land really this being the Pennines <laughs> steep-sided valleys and all that but so the views are spectacular the, the views are spectacular 
So they built the first railway along one side of the uh, valley. Then when they wanted to extend it, they couldn't on that same side. So they built another railway on the other side of the valley. And that's a disused one now. Uh, and so you end up with four railway lines in three tunnels coming through Stanage wow. underneath. So you've got a canal and three three railway tunnels underneath. And you wouldn't know that just sat here, would no, you? No, no. I, it took me a while to realise that um, because on the Pennine Bridleway you cross all three major Trans-Pennine canals. And it took me a while to realise you don't actually see the Huddersfield Narrow Canal because it's underneath you already. Uh, on top of this hill as well there are two feeder reservoirs and they are supplying water down to the canal which is about 180 metres down below us at the minute so that's what 600 foot something yeah. like that and apparently the way that you feed the water in creates a draft so you actually also keep the air nice and fresh in the tunnel as well that's pretty pretty stunning bit of engineering i think well that's pretty impressive actually there's all sorts of stuff out there it's actually quite nice to be out to be able to be outside to do something like this and to actually look at what you would experience if you're actually coming, if you're riding it, it's just the day trip, or if you're actually bikepacking and you're on your way to somewhere else. Um, mm. It's incredibly hard terrain. Yeah, um, you've just come up a really big hill from Diggle. You're about to go down a hill. And then if you look over there, Jules, there's that lovely, lovely, lovely lane that goes up from the reservoir. Oh, yeah. That's an absolute <laughs> bastard climb. And then that goes down again, which is a lovely descent, but the climb back up the other side yeah, is the also quite... Uh, Bastardly. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one up Dowry Road, yeah, that's a bastard too. I think that's the lovely thing about this part of the Pennines is that you're just basically up and down all the time. It, like I say, once you get to the top, you can have a rest and have a look at the views and it... If there is one. Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, we've got a really good day today, so we're quite How lucky. How many times have we been up here and it's been blowing, blowing a hoolie? Yeah, well, there was that the time when we shot the uh, that that uh, that lane by the reservoir you just mentioned, and that was uh, you nearly took off sideways, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was a grim day. Yeah. yeah, that was a quick out the car ride section, get back in the car. Oh heck, quick! Yeah, run away. <laughs> if you were going to ride the Pennine Bridleway, when would you suggest you do it? Uh, I I I guess May would be lovely. Not this May. Because it, it's been grim this May. Yeah. But normally May. You Plus the fact get... it's June now. Yes. <laughs> but you said if, as, as though it was a hypothetical question, okay. and I could answer with any hy- <laughs> with, with any hypothetical answer. <laughs> so I was being hypothetical. If if we had a normal, more normal May, and it wasn't freezing and raining and yeah. utterly grim, uh, May's always a good sort of thing for that sort of thing. Because yeah. it's it's you know before the insects. Yeah, but what's the terrain like? It would, would if you did ride it in May and it was god awful like the one we've just had. Um, is the terrain just really muddy and just an absolute slog? Or no, um, there's actually very little on the Pennine Bridleway that's um, really muddy. Uh, there's a grim section uh, before you get to Barlick. Uh, that that does uh, anywhere where you go across the more agricultural bits, and there's a bit going down into um, Suff that I'd probably stick on the road for and not go through the fields. It's one of those sections where the route's been put through the fields mainly for horses so you can avoid the roads, um, which is nice as well on a bike, but sometimes it's just easier to, to use a bit of road. And obviously there's the fields of doom, what we have mentioned <laughs> previously, <laughs> on the way into uh, Long Preston. Um, we don't um, like the fields of doom. No, and especially if they were wet, I can imagine they'd be even they'd worse. They'd be even worse. Yeah, I mean, they did sort of like sap our souls as it was, and I can't imagine what they would do to us if it was wet. Exactly. Well, but in general, there's a lot of hard pack, there's a lot of old roads and a lot of old tracks. So it's well, actually 
pack horse trails, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty reasonably. I mean, we're sitting on a lovely bit of grit now. It's warming my bottom through with this grit. <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it is an absolutely fabulous place to come. And, and although you may think it's a little bit um, uh, beyond your skill level, perhaps, I, I probably isn't. It's just a case of going out and know your limitations, isn't it? Yeah, and I, taking it's, it easy. It's more fitness than uh, skill. You don't have to mm. be a super gnarly bike rider. There's very few sections that are really technical. And he said super technical then, but that's for the next book. That's for the next book. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's more fitness and it is hard. Although you could do you could do what we've done when we were researching parts of it is is drive to certain sections and then ride a little bit of it just to get a feel for it if you were new to this basically mm. and because there is so much history here that it'd be nice to not just come for a ride but to come for a ride and soak in the history and have a look at um, some of the things that you've been talking about yeah take your time um, pot around Castleshaw Roman Fort which is actually bang on the route it's a little field that you can go in and have a nosy mm. round I, I mean I'm sure there's some people who want to do this head down, half in the air. I can't, I can't be doing with that. No, not our age. effort. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I want to have a good look round. Look at this beautiful scenery. I could say a day like today, I mean, it would be absolutely stunning coming out for a ride and you see all the nature and you, the, the views. Yep, the views are spectacular uh, as we keep going on about, but we are stuck right on the top of Stanage and looking over over the valley. Yeah, it's, it's it's well worth coming up and giving it a go, basically, isn't it? Mm. And and to say for the history around you, I mean, it's fascinating when you have a look at all the names of various places and how they've absorbed the history over the years. Indeed, it is. You're expecting me to come up with something off the cuff now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, I was thinking like you, because you know everything about um, well, place Stanage names. literally means Stone Edge. I say because one of you, in your former life, you used to do Old English. Oh, I've done a bit of Old English. Oh, I've done a bit. Oh, I've Ooh. done a bit. What? <laughs> Three degrees and, uh, <laughs> and now look at you and teaching yes. it for several years. Yeah, do do medieval studies, kids, because you'll get some awesome jobs. Now look at you, sat on a rock, and you're an MTB expert. Uh, apparently, that's what it says on the back of the book, so it must be true. Clearly, yeah. no, yeah. but it, it is quite fascinating though how place names have been derived and and how their uses over the years have shaped how we use them now. I guess. Oh, absolutely. Benham Bradway is awesome for that, uh, and you get the Norse influence slightly further north from here. England's is, or Britain's is tiny island. England's even tinier. You know, it's, it's incredibly compact and we've had all these thousands and thousands of years of folk arriving and using their own language and adapting the land for their own use. And that's the nice thing I think about the Pennines for me is you get that like, compressed into this rather stunning area. And it's because the, the valleys are steep sided and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's not an easy area to farm. There's sitting where we are now you can't see much much arable there's a lot of pastoral stuff and, and improved grazing and then very very rough grazing uh, going on around us and some tree cover and then there's yeah a lot of, of moorland that isn't really useful for all that much so you just got these layers of folk eating out a living I suspect when the Romans came here as well it was a slight shock to the system I, you know, it's, it's funny because we've just been on holiday and done a load of Rome stuff. Um, oh, by Vindolanda, the most famous thing from Vindolanda is the writing tablets, and you get all these messages from people writing about conditions as they were then, uh, and people begging their mother for socks because it's so cold. Dear Mum, send me a woolly jumper because it's ruddy freezing up here. 
It's not quite the Mediterranean, is it? Oh, no, I mean, it, you know, they, they, they can work out where the soldiers came from. Like Syria, Syria, and you end up on Adrian's Wall. Like, Vindaland is not technically on Hadrian's Wall, it's behind it for anybody who's really into their own stuff. It's pre Hadrianic and start and then continues on for many years, and it's an utterly fascinating site. It's a bit like Castle Shore, though, isn't it? Because it does seem like a very. You, you just wouldn't suspect there to be a fort there. No, I mean, like I say, it's an important trade route. No, yeah, I guess, yeah. Romans yeah. are, uh, uh, you know, big on, on sort of controlling things. Mm. Um, and, and interestingly, the road that comes out of Castle Shore is actually a double track as it comes up the up the hill. So it's the Roman equivalent of a motorway. Yeah, and and, and big willy waving, we're in power kind of statement on the on the landscape. And the Romans are very good at that as well, building statements. Yeah, look, this is how powerful we are. This is what we can build. This is what we can engineer. Well, I mean, and then that kind of statement continues on right through history you know everybody's got to have a bigger front door than somebody else if you can have a big door that needs a um a bigger than normal front door that needs a, a custom front door you've got more money than somebody else that's a way of showing it off um it's a bit like people with their big cars now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> frankly yeah well given the the um incident we had on the yeah. way here with the, the woman in the actually one not that big a car but she had no idea how wide it was um, and, and then the size of the cars on the old roads mm. um, it leads to some interesting traffic jams. So do you think there's quite a bit of prehistory here as well? Yeah, 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 absolutely. People have always been here. Harder to trace here than down south, but there are actually plenty of prehistoric and Romano-British um, remains lurking. Yeah, because it, it, it's quite strange, isn't it? Because there are a few a few people have said that um, oh, most, there's quite a lot of historic stuff down the south than there is up north. But what um, a load of crap. Yes, indeed. No, um, absolutely. The Penham Bridleway is absolutely littered with interesting prehistoric sections. I mean, there's there's that fort just as you start off on the um, on the trail, isn't there? Up on the oh, north it's not, side. Yeah, no, it's a burial ground. Oh, okay, fort. close. Um, and that, that actually get back to the place now. That's a really interesting. Just to prove the fact that we are outside. Yeah, Covid changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Minning, Minning Low. Now the the low name that you get in the Peak District is an indication of uh, the Anglo-Saxons, the really early uh, English folk. Uh, it's the old English claw, which means lump, mound, but usually in reference to a burial mound. Oh, okay. Um, so you get so many laws in the Peak District, it's unreal. Uh, and Minning Low is up on the hill. Another Roman road goes past that. There's just been some research done on that one, which um. is in the latest Roman Roads Research Association newsletter. I know, because I edited yeah. it. It's amazing how much everything crisscrosses itself and how, how history is into, entwined. Um, because like with the Pennine Bridleway, that used to be an old where it starts it used to be an old railway line and the embankment that they built very first off which is an absolute feat of engineering considering it was built by navvies who knew nothing about trains back then no they were building the canal that that's the technology they mm. they knew the technology they were adapting for this brand new railway stuff so they got the they get the bends wrong and the bends are way too tight and um yeah the embankment doesn't look like you'd expect mm. a victorian railway embankment it's not pre-victorian yeah. but you, it's not like it you expect a railway embankment to look 
and then you've got the burial mound on the hillside but there's also the farm in to the side of the embankment isn't that also part of abbey lands as well at one mm. point it's got a grange name which usually indicates that it's an outlying farm of an abbey and monastic land was you know that they, they own land massively far apart originally the idea was that you could get to all of your land within a day's walk and that kind of gets stretched a little bit there were some fast walkers back then. Fast walkers, yeah. <laughs> you think sort of, you know, super speedy galloping horses probably won't make that distance in a day to some of them. But yeah, the, 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 un, until the Reformation, the monastic lot have power over masses of land. So you get little bits of them there. And these granges are outlying farms that are being farmed for them rather than the direct use of the monastery itself. There's always been human interaction on the landscape in the UK, wherever you go, and, and Pennine Bridleway seems to be absolutely riddled with it. it. It's fascinating that the Bridleway takes you on such a journey, not just transportation, but also through history itself, if you have the time to slow down and, and check it all out. Literal and figurative, absolutely. all in one national trail. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just fascinating. You can see how big the book could have been. Oh, I could have made it several <laughs> volumes, and uh, we could have put a lot more photographs in it, but, you know, publishing cost la 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 books bookshelf space and all uh, that yeah, yeah apparently it's got yeah. to be one volume and fit into a pocket as a suitable size for a guidebook rather than and three volumes out there, <laughs> so today um, one of the reasons why we're out on Stanage Edge today is is uh, it's actually national trail day tomorrow isn't it, it which is, is the saturday yeah. today being the fourth of june and tomorrow being the fifth of june it's a shame it's not the third of june because i could <laughs> have had a sing again but it's not it's the fourth of june uh, and, and yeah, we just thought we'd come up and celebrate two national trails in one, uh, Pennine Way and the Pennine Bridleway. Pennine Bridleway wouldn't have existed, well, none of the national trails would have existed without all the hard work that went into the Pennine Way and the years and years and years of nagging that went on to get that built. Pennine Bridleway didn't take that long to, relatively. It's just a shame they've not finished it. Oh, it'd be awesome. But, you know, yeah, money. We've got the missing bit, um, from uh, where we've we got the missing bit, it goes down to Tin Twistle. Did you know, incidentally, that the uh, Queen of Punk, Vivian Westfall, was born in Tin Twistle? If you go to Tin Twistle and have a look round, you'll just go, like, What? I did know that because it's in the book. It is in the book, yeah. Hmm. So the, the, the missing bit from just after Lantern Pike down to uh, Tin Twistle. If you're on a bike, you're on the road. If you're on a horse, you're advised to box around. Uh, that's a technical uh, horsey thing, yeah, box round. Apparently your mother said you never took to horses. No, I like them. They're nice to, to smell and, and chat to in fields, but no, I didn't. She was very to her chagrin, really. Well, she said she was quite disappointed, but on the other hand, quite quite uh, fortunate because you'd never afforded to get your pony. No, no, bikes are bad enough, but <laughs> bikes don't eat and they don't need vet bills. You know, I can do most of my, my own maintenance. Very little I can't do to my own bike, but... It's not a great deal I could do to a horse. No. <laughs> really. So, I mean, th this this is actually a lovely place to um, use as, as, as part of a bikepacking trail, I guess, as well. Talking of which, there is a bikepacking book freshly published, isn't there? Mm, yes, and the book came out yesterday, which is the 3rd of June. Uh, so, Bikepacking England, 20 routes. Uh, you rem may remember we spoke to her last podcast, 
Was that the last podcast? I think it was. It was yeah, such a long I, time I ago. I've been away. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I went on holiday and looked at really interesting things. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> and I really didn't think that you'd want me to talk to myself because although I do that a lot, it's not that interesting for other people to listen to. Well, that's mostly because you never finish your sentences, especially when you're talking to yourself. That is true. They're just kind of half thought processes rather than sorry, actual you said sentences. That. <laughs> So, uh, to wrap it up, what do you reckon? About what? I don't know. We've been here for a while now and, uh, yeah. and people are getting a bit bored of us waxing lyrical. Well, about my bum's going numb as well. <laughs> Despite this beautiful grit stone I'm, I'm sat sitting on. That's another one for me. Sat sitting on? Yeah, no, it's, it's something my mother's granny used to say, I'm sat sitting. Um, about like to write Lancashire for it. Whose, whose coat is that jacket? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You can't say that in a normal accent. You've got to do that in a full-on Welsh accent. I can't do sat sitting without reverting to a really uh, lanky that, that is true accent. that is true i was sat sitting <laughs> anyway anyway moving on piece of rock i'm sat sitting on oh we, we've got to get rocks into it come yeah, on then yeah, we might as well end we right. might as well end oh, up on some rocks on the hang on she's oh, not actually it. licking this rock i'm stopping her now she's yeah. got excited because she's seen some people actually riding yeah the speed they've come up there that's got to be on an e-bike yeah two young ladies though well i say young yeah you mean they're younger than us uh i think they're about yeah. the same age as us actually I think they're younger. Uh, no. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. No. Are you sure? Yeah. They're on e-bikes, though. They're on e-bikes, so they're going a bit quicker than us. But they are. Enjo- mm. It looks like they're enjoying themselves. They're smiling. Oh, that'll never catch on. No. Enjoying yourself in the sunshine, riding a bicycle. Two. How outrageous! Utterly outrageous. Yeah. Good for them. If they weren't so far away, we'd run after them and ask, we'd ask them something. But would we? So anyway, this gridstone that you're sat on that is making your sat bum sitting. On. Sat sitting on that is making your bum numb. Yes. I'm a poet and I never knowed it. Come on then, tell us all about Because you like a bit of rock. I do like a bit of rock. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> steady. <laughs> steady. Just because, you know, just because we can hug. Don't, don't start making funny noises now. Oh yeah, you can go back to licking rocks now. <laughs> I don't think that was ever banned, thank you. Oh, fair point. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The Panama Bridleway is also a tour through the Carboniferous era. If you if you know anything about your rocks, so you've got everything. You've got uh, limestone and sandstones and shales and little coal measures and, and this beautiful gritstone. And as you go up and down all of the hills, which we, which we previously mentioned, you do get this sense of travelling through time in terms of geology as well. I quite like that. So basically, the Pennine Bridleway has got something for everybody. Let's hope so. I'm sure Pennine if you like... Um, Plants and things. There's some awesome, there's some plants awesome things. things. You know, I, don't, I don't. I'm very aware that I don't know very much about plants, which is kind of ironic, given that my grandfather was a very keen mm. botany botanist. A um, botany botanist. And botany botanist. Well, I was going to say botany type person, and then realised there's an actual phrase for that, which is botanist. Uh, so I decided to use the phrase botanist instead of just going botany type person. Does that make more sense? Yeah, no, sense? okay, yeah? I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. <laughs> So, I think it's slightly ironic because I'm really not very good on plants. I can recognise tormental and that's it. Yeah, you're not great on birds either, are you? No. Well, that's maybe because your wife is terrified of them, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, Though, to yes. be honest, there, can... there is quite a lot of information in your brain already, so that it must be over, overflowing with oh. that, so there's not that much more room or Yeah, like, not the, that the, much the room trouble left with life is there's so many interesting things to get into, and there's just not enough time, there's so many places to go, and so many things to poke at, so many rocks to lick, there's just not time. So having said that, I think maybe we should head off and go and poke around at the Roman Road. I think we should, yeah. This Rocket Division podcast has been brought to you by Vertebrate Publishing, inspiring adventure. 
Alpke, going out places to do good things, and Schwabertires with the rubber for all your adventures. <laughs>